So today I'm going to be talking about um, this scene, Sina Mata. Scene, are you a scene? Are you a Sina? And this kind of thing. And I've titled this as, Do You Consider Yourself a Sinner? Do you consider yourself a sinner? Amen. Now, so let, uh, my main Bible text for today will be taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Amen. Right. So here it says, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I repeat, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. Now, let me get rid of some weight and some body on my body so that I can pay, pay careful attention. Amen. Good. Now, why are we talking about sin, sinner, or whether you're sinning? The reason why we're talking about this is because many people, many Christians, and this message is more focused on believers, many believers define their, their identity by their actions. Many believers define their identity by their actions. Uh, so when I say the identity, their so-called sinner identity because of what they do. But the question is, what makes us a sinner? Is it what we do or something else? Because if what makes us a sinner is our action, then it means that none of us will make it eventually to be with Jesus when he returns. Because none of us can be completely sinless or sinless in our actions. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that every act of unrighteousness is sin. I know there are a lot of questions running, people's, running through people's minds right now as to the level, degree of sin. I know the different forms of sin are running on their mind. Are you saying that um, this person who did this is, um, you know, I, know I, don't want, I don't want to go too much, too much into that because of, I have a lot of stuff to cover with you guys. But as I'm speaking right now, I can, see, I can hear questions in people's mind uh, as they begin to look at the variations of sin, the degree of sin, and the kinds of sin, the types of sin. But the Bible tells us clearly that every act of unrighteousness is sin. So if you do anything that is not right to God, it is sin. But not that God is holding your uh, inadequacies or your offenses against you. Okay, that may sound technical. So let me try to bring it to our everyday life and let's get into this. So what I'm trying to say is this. The believer is not a sinner because he sins. I repeat, the believer is not a believer because he commits sin. Right. So let's look into the scriptures and let's try to unpack this a little bit. Now, you know, when I read 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to us, the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, but what are the old things that were passed away? What are the old things that were passed away? So all things are passed away. Is that the memory of your sin? Is that the consequence of your sins? What are the old things that are passed away? Can I say here, one of the reasons why I, I wish the Bible you know, strongly discourages sin among believers 
And when I say sin, I mean those intentional um, disobedience towards the will of God. Right? I'm just trusting God to help me to be able to really help you guys this morning. I don't want to teach, you know, um, in a kind of in a kind of um, in a kind of order. But I want us to have a conversation. I want you to get this. Now, when the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, all things are passed away and all things become new. So, what are the old things that were passed away? I'll say to you, it's not the consequences of your sins. Right? It's not the consequences of your actions. So some people, because they're now born again, they think some bad stuff they've done in the past um, is over. So as they continue to suffer the consequences of those sins, they're thinking this born again thing is not real. But that's not true. So as I was trying to explain earlier on that, one of the reasons why the, uh, the Bible carefully you know, help us to see that sinning is not good for us. It's because of the consequences. And that's why Romans chapter 6, Paul said to us, he says, to whom you yield yourself slaves to obey, that person's slave you are. So basically saying that if you yield yourself to something, if you give yourself to something, you become, or you ultimately become a slave to that thing. You ultimately become under the power of that thing. So it's either of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. So let's make it simple. So if you are doing bad stuff, right, every bad stuff is orig uh, originates with the devil. So if you, could, if you keep doing the bad stuff, intentionally disobeying God for whatever justification you have in your mind, right, you are submitting yourself to the power of sin, the power of the devil. And the devil eventually will be, will be able to subdue you. And this is the reason why many Christians, or many people, though Christians, it seems like they are still struggling with sin. And it seems like, you know, at some point in time in their life, something has gotten a hold of them and then they are running from churches to churches for deliverance. Now, when people come to me for deliverance, I don't attack the problem. I try to start with the root because if you pray for someone and they are delivered from a demonic power that they have yielded themselves to, if you don't address the habits, the behavior, the thinking, the mindset that led them into that bondage, if you don't deal with that, what happens is this, the demon leaves them, they go back into, into their old way of life, and those demons will come into their life even much stronger. And that is one of the reasons, I don't say all, it is one of the reasons why people keep going for uh, deliverance services. They keep attending one deliverance meeting or the other. That They keep doing that because not everyone, I must state this very clearly, but for many believers that I know, they keep going back for deliverance uh, because they, it seems like when they go for the deliverance, something was cast out of them, but it comes in. But many people, it's because of their carelessness, because of their sinful behavior. You know, Jesus said to a particular guy that he hid at some point, he said, go and sin no more. Say, say, go, and, say, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, Jesus did not say, go and sin no more, so that God will not inflict you with more problems and stuff like that. Because Jesus said to the guy that, you know, your sinning is opening the door for the devil into your life. So when many Christians don't understand that their action has a place in terms of um, what overpowers them in their Christian life, then they keep thinking they are a sinner or they keep thinking there's an evil or something on the inside of them. So it's very important that we clarify that what a believer do, right, has consequences. So according to Romans chapter 6, that's 14 to 16, you can read later. According to Romans chapter 6, 
if you give yourself to sinful bad stuff, eventually you will give yourself to the devil so much that it dominates you. It dominates your mind. When Paul wrote uh, Romans 6, 14 to 16, it wasn't speaking to unbelievers. It was speaking to the believer. So if you are wondering why some Christians are acting like the, the, the second born of the devil, of the devil's family, is because they are making friends and dining and whining with the devil. So it's not that God does not want you to enjoy the pleasures of this world. He's saying to you that the pleasure and the freedom that many of us think God is trying to take away from us are deception, deceptive uh, desires, you know, that has negative and destructive consequences. But the devil and our flesh, our feelings, our emotions, they are trying to paint it to us as a pleasure that God does not want us to enjoy. Right. I know I'm calling out some stuff. Next week, I'll go into the fact that you can live sin-free and, and guide you as to how to do that and the steps you can take to get on that journey. So this is not to condemn you, but to show us where things are not going right in our brains, in our mind. Right. So Romans chapter 6, 14 to 16. I didn't prepare for this, honestly. Now, the Bible also tells us that um, if you yield yourself to uh, 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 a servant, let's, let's go there, Romans 6, 14 to 16. Uh, if anybody get there, can read for me, please. I don't have Romans 6, 14 to 16. Baby, can read for me if you get there. Yeah. Especially 16. Any? Um, New King James, any of them is fine. Okay, go for it. Sin mm -hmm. is no longer your master. Yeah. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace. Let's, let's take it for 14, please. That's 14. That's 14. Okay, okay read down to 16. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well then, since, God, since God's grace has set us free from the law, mm -hmm. does that mean we can go on sinning? Mm -hmm. Of course not. Don't you realize that you've become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? Right. You can be a slave to sin, which mm -hmm. leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Amen. So let me do this. Uh, let me get into that quickly. Um, I'm just trying to switch devices here. So Romans, let's go there. Um, because I'm not sure the guys can hear you as you read. Yeah. Uh, so Romans 6, and then we, I'll do verse 15. Good. So let's see if this works. Yeah, so I think it's working here. Right, so the Bible says there, it says, What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, uh, but under grace? By no means. This is the NIV. So don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? No, no, let's, I, think, I think it seems like uh, this is verse 16. I think I, maybe you didn't get it. Didn't get it. The Bible says in verse 16, says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And when the Bible talks about death here, it does, it does not necessarily mean it's talking about the cessation of life, whereby you no longer exist on earth. You die and then you are buried and stuff like that. No, no, no. But if you look at the impact of sin when it came into the world, Guys, you know, it is even interesting how I'm going because I didn't plan this. So let's, let's enjoy how the Holy Ghost is leading us this morning. Now, the Bible tells us that in the book of Romans chapter 5, I'm going to come down there shortly. It says, when sin entered the world, death came into the world and death spread to all men. 
Now, if you go further down in Romans chapter 5, it tells us that, you know what, condemnation came as a result of sin. Condemnation came as a result of sin. So when we give ourselves to sin, we experience death in various forms. Condemnation, guilt, low self-esteem, poor self-image, and uh, addictions and all kind of stuff. Right? All, which ultimately may lead to the cessation of life right here on earth. So sin, so disobedience and sinned, they lead to death. Right? But what I'm trying to say to you here as believers is that the fact that you sin does not make you a sinner. The fact that you sin does not make you a sinner. When you sin, you are committing yourself to, uh, you are giving yourself to a power. You know, when we see all manner of sin and all manner of misbehavior in the body of Christ today, I would say that's because many people do not understand that they are now new creation and they now need to walk in the light of their new identity in Christ. Right. So let's get into this sinner thing. So the second thing I said was, oh, uh, second thing that was passed away, according to the Bible here, is the power of Satan. So the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. So two things you should bear in mind when you read that verse. All, all things are passed away. One, your old identity as a sinner is passed away. You've lost that identity as a sinner. I'll explain what that means shortly. And then the power of Satan, the right of Satan to rule in your life has been done away with. So Satan no longer has a right to control you. Satan no longer has power to control you. So when the Bible says all things are passed away, it means the control, of, the control and the power of Satan over your life has ended. And your sinful nature, which makes you a sinner, right, has been done away with. And because the sinful nature has been done away with, has been taken away through Christ Jesus, Satan no longer has power over you. So if it seems like Satan is controlling you, though you are born again, then you need to check yourself. Where are you yielding yourself to Satan? Because Satan will only be able to rule in your life as a child of God as long as you permit him, either consciously or unconsciously. And one of the ways we permit the devil into our lives, we open ourselves to the devil to control, to destroy, is by giving ourselves to sin, doing the things that the devil does. Amen. So, when the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. Now, he's not trying to tell us that, not, the Bible is not saying that we were refurbished or renovated. So, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation, new Completely new. You know what it means new? New. Never existed. You know, when you buy a new car and you bring it into your garage, right? You bring in something new, something that never existed in your life. It never existed among your depreciating asset, right? <laughs> you get what I'm talking about, right? You bring something new into being, into your life. So as a child of God, the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You never existed. So why are we... Uh, stressing this out. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because many people, because they do not understand what it means to be born again and um, after they're giving their life to Christ, after they're giving their life to Christ and they still see traces of the way they think, the way they feel before they committed their life to Jesus. So they think that being born again is just a kind of renovation. So many of such people after they have committed a sin or done something bad, they will keep going back, they keep going back to the altar for them to be born again. 
because in their mind, not that they they, they they describe it in those words. Many, but many people, many of such people think, you know, becoming a born again is a renovation process or a refurbishment. So God cleaned you, God made you right, and then after a while, those things are washed away. They need to go back and um, renew, renew that license, renew that contract. You mess up, you go back to God, you give your life to Christ, you go back. But the Bible makes us to understand that. The salvation that we have received of the Lord Jesus Christ is to last forever. I feel like we're on a Bible class here, but you're just going to enjoy this. So we're still on 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I think God is going to be leading me much more in this, area, in this direction such that I can help people understand what they, are, what they have read. Many people can quote 2 Corinthians 5.17, but not many people can see so much that's loaded inside of it. So let's take it again. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. So I said, a new creation is a person that's, that is completely new, never existed. Right? Never existed. No, Peter said, he said, as newborn babes, newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. As newborn, newborn babes. Right? We are born again. Now, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, you know, you must be born again. You must be what? Be born again. And um, Nicodemus asked, said, are you trying to say that I need to enter my mother's womb and come out again? Not, not in those exact words, but he said, you know what? You know, how can a man, grown up, like, a grown up man like him, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, which is whatever is born of human endeavor, whatever is born of biological relationship between a man and a woman, Opposite sex, right? Whatever is born, what I know, the opposite are coming together. You know, okay, kids are here, I understand, but it's biology. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus said, you know, babies that are born as a result of biological interaction between male and a female said those ones are, these are what we call born of the flesh, you know, born of human and devil. And so, whatever is born of the spirit, so whatever is of the spirit is born of the spirit. And so, you must be born again. He said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Now, if you are not the Transformers Connect, last one is that you missed out, right? So you can, you can try to connect with the, with the people who attended. And if they can, by the mercy of God and the kindness of your heart, walk you through what we learned because we unpacked this last Wednesday. Now, let's continue. So Jesus said, what it, means to be what it means to be born again is to be born of water and of the spirit, to be born of God. To be born of the Spirit of God. So, when you gave your life to Christ, and the Bible says that you are born again, you are a new creation, it was a spiritual birth. It was a spiritual recreation. Right? So that's why Ephesians 2.10 says, um, how does it say again? Okay, we are, we, we, are workmanship, we are God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. There was a recreation that happened to you. And that recreation is not a physical recreation. It's a recreation of your spirit. And why, why did you need to be recreated? Don't forget, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. We said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we've not even, I think we've already gone a little bit uh, halfway. Right. So, Jesus, so the Bible says, I said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. So for you to be new creation, 
You cannot be new creation by your actions. You can only be new creation when you come into Christ Jesus. I repeat, this is the foundation. This is still intro. Now, if anyone's in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I said, a new creation is someone who never existed. But you know that with the day you give your life to Christ or the day you made a commitment to go to, to walk with Christ, to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, there was no physiological amendment or adjustment in, on you. There was no physical adjustment. But everyone that I have led to Christ could tell something happened to them. It's also, it's, it wasn't an emotion. But some of them, you know, as they were making the commitment to follow the Lord, as they were yielding their heart to the Lord, as I led them in prayer, some of them were actually, you know, some of them were sobbing, some, you know, someone, sorry, I think I, I guess someone at the, sorry guys, a few distractions this morning, but, but we'll get there. Good. So when we give our life to Christ, there was no physiological changes, right? But something happened to us. And that's, as I was saying, that some people, that when I lead them to Christ, as we yielding their heart to the Lord, they, you know, some of them felt something happened to them, some were crying. But when a person gives their life to Christ, it's not an, emo you know, it's not an emotional transformation. It's a life change in their spirit. Amen. So if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. That, that, that new creation, that new being is a spirit of the person, is not their physical body. Amen. And I was trying to establish earlier on that. It wasn't a renovation. So get this again. Let me, let me repeat it. When you give your life to Christ, you were not renovated. You were not refurbished such that you can go bad and you have to go back to Christ to give your life to Christ. When you, when you made a commitment to follow Christ, there was a transformation in your spirit, man. You were born again. You were born of the Spirit. Now, when Jesus, Jesus said to Nicodemus that you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, it means you must be born of the gospel. You must hear the gospel, believe the gospel, and the Holy Ghost, through the gospel you have received, will make you a new person. Amen. Amen. I will talk more about that in future. This is just an uh, introduction. We're going to get into, into the meat of this, Karen. But just, you know, I, I hope I'm, I'm just kind of, I hope I'm connecting some stuff. Hope I'm not speaking like a professor. Eh? I need feedback. Are you guys getting it? Uh, the guys on Zoom, I, I want feedback. Right, so. Uh, sorry? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you guys are watching on YouTube. So except, please put down your comment. Like, I, now, so I'm saying to church family, put down your comment. Am I making any sense? Am I, I, are, you, are you getting me? Is it making sense? Right, I don't want to be talking to myself. Are you guys getting it? Any feedback yet? Not yet. Okay, so guys, I want to, I want, to, I want to read your comment, yes. right? Is it making sense? Everyone, I want everyone to comment. Everyone, so if you grab your phone right now and grab your thing and comment, is it making any sense? Are you getting it? Getting it. Getting it. Fantastic. If you're not getting it, tell me. Go back. See, like I said earlier on, that the direction God is leading us, right, you know, going forward, is to help us see, to understand our identity. Gonna those things that we just preach and um, everyone go off and you can repeat everything I've taught you, but you must understand and be able to own it. Now, just to be clear to church family, you know we are moving away from the realm of Pastor Tunde said to the to the to the realm of uh, the Word of God says. 
So because when you are able to say the word of God says, it means that you have seen it and you understand it. So in as much as I shared some stuff with you guys, you know, as I was, I mean, from my personal insight, but what I was ultimately sharing with you is what the word of God says, right? So we're still on 2 Corinthians 5, 17. What we've tried to establish so far is this. If anyone is in Christ as a new creation, they never existed. And the new creation is not a refurbished person or renovated person. They are completely new. And um, what brings about this newness is because they have come into Christ Jesus. Right? And the Bible also tells us that old things are passed away. Many people don't know what old things are passed away. And many people try to fill the blank. But we must understand that the two key things that were passed away is this old sinful nature. Now look at how the Bible puts it. Say so you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. So the old creation has been passed away. I repeat, the old creation has been passed away. But you are now a new creation. So you may be asking, where is that? I mean, okay, how did I get that old creation? So let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. I'll read from verse 12. I think there's something else I missed earlier now. Right, Romans 5. Let's read, I'll read from verse 12 and I'll go to verse 19. I think this is the... Okay, let's go there. All right. Romans 5, 12 to 19. You can open Nick in James on NIV. Right. The Bible says here, Therefore, just as true one man, sin entered the world. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world. And death, true sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Right. Let's 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 flesh it out a little bit. Now the Bible says to us here that sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Verse 13. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam's sin, sorry, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. That's what I was saying earlier on. That through the sin of Adam, condemnation came. And what, can, what do we mean by condemnation? It's when something is declared unfit for use. So each time anybody feels like they are unfit for use, I'm talking to believers right now, it is, uh, it is a is a manifestation, I'm trying to look for another word for that manifestation, is an evidence of the, of the realness of death, that, that death actually exists, that sin actually exists, because God does not condemn his people, the devil does. Right? So, the devil condemns God's people. So, let's carry on there. So, um, the, so I stopped on condemnation, right? I'm still in verse 16. It said, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17. 
For by for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one. Now not your offense, the one man's offense, Adam's offense. Say so much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gifts came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Now, verse 19 is a key one. So, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So, I know we went through a few verses there, but what I want us to identify understand from those verses is that we were not made sinners because of our actions because of our wrongdoings we're not made sinners because of our actions because of our wrongdoing there's a study i'm doing i've not i've not, I've not concluded yet uh there's a there's something we call the age of accountability where the gospel seems to be presented to people and people reject it I've not, been, I've not been able to really to verify that. But what I can say is this. Everyone born into this world, right, you know, was born, everyone born into this world uh, was born of the sinful nature, you know, where was, was affected by the sin that corrupted the world. The sin that corrupted humankind. Because the Bible tells us here that how we became sinner is not because of what we've done, but because of the disobedience of one man. Adam. So what makes a person a sinner is not what they do, is not their actions, but what's, what they inherited from the human, the fallen human nature. And that is why if your actions did not make you a sinner, your actions cannot make you righteous. So when we talk about a sinner, we are talking about people who have been separated from God, who do not have the life of God. As you can tell in the book of Genesis chapter, uh, let's go to Genesis, let's go to Genesis now. I want to read Genesis, Genesis 2, 15 to 17. I'm reading it from the NIV and I'm going to read in Genesis 3, 6 to 7 as well. Now, I call it the origin of sin. Now the Bible says here, Genesis 2, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I think we should be clear here that the Lord did not say to Adam that the day you eat of the apple tree, that day you will die. Because many people have interpreted this to be an apple. They said, what fruits did Adam eat? Many people said it is an apple. Now, for people who may not be very, very exposed to the Christian, to, to Christianity, to the, to the Christian world. Now, the fruit the Bible is talking about here is not um, a fruit like you get from trees, right? Like a, a, a natural fruit. Now, this was just kind of a, an expression of um, a figurative, a figure of speech, a figurative expression 
of what's actually, what God told mankind not to do at that point in time. Because the Bible tells us that God planted many trees in the Garden of Eden and he said there that he also planted the tree of life there. I will say to you that no physical tree can give you life or destroy you. Jesus made this very clear you know, when he was speaking to the Pharisees that now what comes into a man does not defile them, but what comes out of them. So the food you eat does not defile you. No fruits can defile you. Right? So there must be something that God said to Adam not to do, right? That's that uh, the Satan came to deceive Eve to do. And um, he, he, you know, he offered the same thing to the husband, and the husband also did what God asked him not to do. So let's be very clear, so that nobody is thinking, what fruits can they eat? So that what fruits should they not eat? So that they won't die. Because this has become a lot of problem in, 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 in the body of Christ that people are thinking is one apple. No, it is this, it is that. This is just a figure of speech. There was something that God told mankind, Adam, not to do and needed. Because if you look at this, if it was a food that they ate that got us into this problem, then they could have easily... Jesus, Jesus went through too much. If it was food that got those guys destroyed, right? Yeah, that got all that brought all this problem on us. Then Jesus went too much, went through too much to be able to deliver mankind from because he ate a particular fruit. So this is just a figure of speech. So don't think it was a particular food they ate. There was an instruction that God gave to mankind that do not do. And they did, and they sinned as a result. And Jesus came to uh, restore us to the Father because the disobedience of Adam and Eve to God's instruction brought about the fall of man. I don't know why I feel like I'm speaking Greek this morning. Mm-hmm. Speaking I, I advance, but if you get it, you're getting it's fine. But I just think it's maybe maybe I need to further simplify it. And the feedback I get from the church family today will determine if I have to take this take it next week and further simplify it. Amen. Mm-hmm. So the Bible tells us here, verse 17. Uh, okay, let me, let me take verse 16 again. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, let's look at Genesis 3, 6 to 7. Now, the Bible says, When the woman saw that the fruit, now this after Satan had spoken to the woman, had tried to deceive her and um, that she would not die if she eats of the fruit. So, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sit fig leaves uh, together and made coverings for themselves. Now, Jesus, God said to Adam in the Genesis chapter 2 that the day he eat of that fruit, that day he would die. But what the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis 3 was not that they died physically, right? But uh, something happened to them. Right. Okay. What happened to them is this. They died spiritually. They died spiritually because physically they were still alive. And the word of God is not a lie. The word of God is true. So if they did not die physically, how else could they have died spiritually? So when we talk about spiritual death, we talk about spiritual separation from God. Now, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So, if Jesus is the life that connects us to the Father, so when a person is not with the life, what happens to them? They are dead. 
So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. So we're not Jesus and God are one. So if you are with God, if you are one with God, if you are spiritually united with God, you have life. But when you are spiritually disconnected from God, what happens to you? You are dead. So what happened to this guy was a spiritual death. They were separated from God. So, and that is why they could not see things like God saw things anymore. Their spiritual eyes were blind and they were now subject to the devil who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. So that was how sin entered the world. Sin entered the world through the disobedience of Adam. Romans chapter 5 shows us that. So through the sin, the disobedience of Adam, so I can also say, also say to you that every form of disobedience to God is sin. Every form of disobedience to God is sin. So as many of us, one way or the other, we disobey God, one way or the other, we, that is sin. For, so, so for somebody to think a particular person will go to hell or a Christian is not worthy of God, um, because they are living, in a, in a, they are working in some kind of sinful behavior, or they have some shortcomings and weakness, and they, they think themselves that they are the one who will make it to heaven. Uh, they are not saying correctly, because as long as we live, one way or the other, we are all going to disobey God, either willingly or unwillingly. Right? Uh, this is a journey we're just starting. This is just intro. I mean, this is a journey that we're going to be starting to help us understand. Uh, our true identity, who we truly are in Christ Jesus. So we need to go back. We need to go back to the very beginning. About how how things messed up? How things? I mean, how did they, how did we get here? If we can understand how we got here, you know, how things are so messed up, how the world has been destroyed, how natural disasters happen. If we can understand that, and we can understand what Jesus has done for us, and then we can know what is available to us in Christ Jesus, then we can really stay on that journey of becoming who God has called us to be. Anything that is not good in your life is not of God. The devil has brought into your life and God wants you to overcome that thing. Amen. So sin came into the world when Adam intentionally, deliberately disobeyed God. And everyone born into this world, in, in, born into this world and have they, born, uh, born into this world, I'm trying to, that's a still Christian a little bit, but anyone that is, born of a human nature, anyone that comes into this world, born of a human nature, a human being, one way or the other have been affected by that sinful nature. You may think babies are not affected. And this is not to say babies will go to hell. But babies are so affected. Can you see how selfish some babies are? Some babies, I mean, selfishness is an act of the flesh. It's not of God. Now, I repeat, what I, let, me, let me clarify what I just said. Babies are not going to hell. Let's get it very clearly, very clear. Babies are not going to hell. As we continue on this journey, I will unpack more stuff. I repeat, babies will never go to hell. And get this very clearly, hell was not designed for human beings. So the believer should not be shouting and talking about hell. We should be shouting and talking about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. People should not terrify or torment or torture people or harass people with the with the message of hell because it was not a destination created by god for human beings for people the bible tells us in the book of uh, timothy that god does not want any to perish but all to come to the knowledge of the truth so if god does not want any to perish it ain't our business to be talking about hell but talking about the goodness talking about what god has done for us in christ jesus and when the bible says to us in the book of second corinthians chapter 5 that God has given us a ministry of reconciliation and he has sent us forth as ambassadors to reconcile the world to himself. 
He didn't ask us to go and talk to people about about death, about death, about destruction, about hell. He has commissioned us to go to go and talk to people about his love for them. Amen. I gotta stop here because um, I'm out of time. But let me take you back to the beginning as I wrap up. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You know, I said this message is to believers, right? Mm. And um, why am I talking to believers? Because many believers are still acting and living like the unsaved neighbor. Because they see themselves as a sinner. They think they still carry the nature of sin. I've tried to show us that sin is a nature. Sin is something that infected the human race as a result of the sin of Adam. I repeat, sin is death. Sin is like an entity, destruction, I'll say uh, the devil, in a sense, that infected the human race, destroyed the human race, brought trouble into the human race as a result of the disobedience of Adam. So anyone born into this world, right, is infected one way or the other by the sin that's infected the human race. And what Jesus did was to come, and um, deliver us from the power of sin, and to give and to give us a new nation, a new uh, uh, a new nature. So, a, what I'm trying to say is that a person is a sinner as a result of their nature, not because of what they do. Right now, sinful actions, right, are expression of uh, the unrenewed mind in the life of a believer. Now, when we want to deal with sin, we should not we should not focus on the action. But the root. So unbelievers who are sinning, I don't bother myself about them. Even Paul said, he said he does not judge the world as regards to the sin they are committing. He said, he said they have business with God, not with him. People of the world, I'm going to go into details next week. People of the world who are unsaved, I don't bother myself about whether they sin or not. It's their nature to sin. Is a nature to do evil, and that is why Jesus God help us here. That is why believers should not think it's okay for them to fellowship deeply with unsafe people. Because a person is good, you say, you know what, they don't need to give their life to Christ because they are good. No. Not shall I go in this direction? Okay, I don't want to open the can of worms because I, I'm out of time and I will not be able to deal with this. All right, but let's get this very clearly. The unsaved, they carry a sinful nature. And if we want to help them at all, how we can help them is by ministering the gospel to them. Right. Uh, when we, because when we're dealing with sin, sin is not just about the action. It's about the nature, the life, the nature producing those sinful actions. That's for the unbeliever. But for the believer, you are now a new creation Right. But when you then have some temptation, some things that tempt you to sin, to do stupid things, silly things, where that is coming from is your from your own renewed mind. We're gonna get into that. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Right. So sin in the life of an unbeliever and a believer, they're very different. Because for the unbeliever is because of their nature. They are born by birth, they are sinners. But for the unbeliever who has been born again and made new, the issue is not from his nature. Because it's a new creation, the issue is with his mind. Amen. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah said to my wife on Wednesday as we 
as maybe as I try to unpack this much more, or even when I listen to this, I'll see which areas and components I need to unpack much more. And hopefully we'll be able to follow a logical order, but if the Lord is leading me in directions like this, I just have to go. Uh, because most of the time when I find myself struggling to follow my notes, it's because of what is going on out there. And this is one of the reasons why I really love, um, I really love a live service. Because as you guys are joining the service, right, the Holy Spirit is prompting my heart to do with this person's matter because he knows that they're going to shut that down very soon. They're going to go out, uh, get to me. And I'm like, Lord, I want to follow my notes. But if he's, you know, if, if he leads me in this direction, I just have to. And that's because it's not my message. He's the one speaking to the people. He loves you guys. And he wants to communicate to your, to your heart. So I hope that helps. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you guys on Wednesday. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the sunshine if you're, in, if you're based in the UK. And um, we'll talk to you later. Have a blessed week. God bless you. Bye.